This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Greg Elliott and this is Sport Today, a weekday sports news podcast designed to keep you on the ball. And I'm Gemma Ryan. It's Friday the 7th of May. In your sport today, Jared Hayne is sentenced to jail time and Aussie cricketers start the journey home from India. Plus, COVID cases in Sydney are impacting multiple codes and we look ahead to the weekend of sport. All right, Gem, let's dive in. Former NRL player Jared Hayne was yesterday sentenced to five years and nine months in jail for sexually assaulting a woman on the night of the 2018 Grand Final. Back in March, a jury found Hain guilty of two counts of aggravated sexual assault. And yesterday, the district court judge Helen Syme said she found Hain to be fully aware that the victim was not consenting and went ahead anyway. That's right, Greg. Syme said Hain's evidence was inconsistent and that he knew she did not consent at the time of the incident, adding that Hain had shown entitled behaviour towards the woman. From Hain's end, he had stated earlier in the courtroom that he didn't do it and quote unquote, what the law says is innocent until proven guilty, I was never afforded that. Hain will serve a minimum of three years and eight months, meaning he'll be eligible for early release in January 2025. He's previously said that he intends to appeal the guilty verdict and there's been no update on that from yesterday, Gem. Aussie cricketers, coaches and commentators from the Indian Premier League have left India and made their way to the Maldives. They were on board a charter flight organised by the Board of Control for Cricket in India after the IPL was suspended earlier this week. With Aussie borders still closed, Jem, how long will they be in the Maldives? Well, at present, Australia's borders are closed to India until at least May 15. They would then, of course, quarantine for two weeks after that if they're allowed to enter. Cricket Australia CEO Nick Hockley has said they want no special favours from the federal government. It's a bit different for players from other nations, though, such as England, New Zealand or South Africa. Their contingents are all able to proceed directly to their home countries, Greg. As for the future of cricket in India, the IPL isn't officially over. There's commentary of it resuming in September, likely without international players. India is also due to host the 2020 World Cup in October, but the United Arab Emirates is looking to be the favoured destination to take over as host. Two new community cases reported in Sydney this week have prompted some emergency responses in both the NRL and AFL overnight, as some restrictions are reintroduced to Sydney until Monday. One of the two cases, an eastern suburbs man visited a cafe right near the Sydney Swans SCG training ground and several Swans assistant coaches were at the cafe during the exposure period. But all three of them and all other staff and players have tested negative since the exposure on Tuesday, Gem. Yep, but even so, the three assistants were not on the charter flight that the Swans organised to get down to Melbourne last night to play against the Melbourne Demons this weekend. Over in the NRL, the Sydney Roosters also train near the same cafe and their players have been sent in for testing too. The NRL have put all players based in Sydney back onto level three COVID protocols, meaning they have to remain home unless they're training, exercising, shopping for essential items or getting takeaway, Greg. And the same rules apply for the two teams in Sydney to play this weekend to the Melbourne Storm and the Gold Coast Titans. As we know, things can change quickly with COVID, Best to check in on your teams for all sports this weekend. 
It's looking likely, Jim, that New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard will make history, becoming the first transgender athlete to compete at the Tokyo Olympics in July. While teams haven't yet been announced, thanks to a qualifying system rule change approved by the International Olympic Committee, if she's fit to compete, then Hubbard will automatically qualify. Yeah, the 43-year-old will also be the oldest weightlifter at the Games, but she'll still be a medal contender as her qualifying lifts have her ranked at fourth of the 14 qualifiers in her weight category. And Greg, she's ranked 16th in the world rankings too. In the past, Hubbard's success at events like the 2019 Pacific Games in Samoa, where she took gold, has sparked backlash with claims of an unfair advantage. For some context on the rules around this, back in 2015, the IOC released new guidelines allowing athletes who transition from male to female to compete in the women's category, as long as their testosterone levels are below a certain ratio, Greg, a rule that's also followed by the International Weightlifting Federation too. The New Zealand Olympic Committee yesterday shared a statement saying they look forward to welcoming all athletes who were selected for the Tokyo team and they have a strong culture of inclusion and respect for all. Teams don't have to be named until July 5, so we'll know officially if Hubbard is on the team then. As we do at the end of the week, we look ahead to the weekend of sport. The Spanish Formula One is on this weekend, Jim. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton v Max Verstappen. It's a good rivalry this year. They've come either first or second in all of the opening three rounds. Aussie Daniel Ricciardo's best finish this year so far is sixth. There's action across the whole weekend, starting from 7.30pm tonight. The main Grand Prix, though, is 11pm Sunday. You can catch that on Foxtel and KO. And it's the final of the Super Rugby AU Saturday night gem, the Queensland Reds versus the ACT Brumbies. The Queensland Reds go in hot favourite. They beat the Brumbies twice this year, plus they'll be at home at Suncorp Stadium, Greg. Yeah, that'll be 7.45pm Saturday on 9gem, your channel gem. (laughs) And Stan Sport. And Ash Barty is through to the final of the Madrid Open in tennis, beating Spain's Paula Bedosa, the only player to beat Barty since February. Maybe a bit of a rivalry building there, Greg. And maybe one with her opponent in the final two. She'll be facing Arena Sabalenka. They met in the Stuttgart Open final just a couple of weeks ago. That'll be on Be In Sports at 2.30am Sunday morning. We'll put the detail for these in your episode notes. Catch This is our daily look at the stuff people are talking about from an epic sporting moment, an obscure sport update, or an event to pop in your calendar. Gemma, my Catch This has to be last night's NRL game with the Melbourne Storm thumping the South Sydney Rabbitohs 50-0. Josh Adokar scored six times, making him the first Storm player to score more than four in a game, and the first to score six in a game in 71 years. The win also gave Storm coach Craig Bellamy bragging rights over South's coach Wayne Bennett. He now has 10 straight wins against Bennett-coached teams. I love having the chance of bragging rights anytime. <laughs> and on Wednesday night, Jamie McLaren became the first Socceroo to reach a century of goals in the A-League. There's a little game on the Socceroos website to see if you can name the other top 10 scoring Socceroos in the A-League. If you love a sports quiz like me, we've chucked a link in the episode notes for you. Good luck. And that's the final episode of Sport Today for a short time. Thanks so much for tuning in. The podcast will be back with a bang in the coming weeks, so stand by for more announcements on that front. There'll be a few different voices when we come back, but the same principle, quick daily sports news to make it easy for sports lovers to feel informed. 
Until then, a huge thanks for tuning in each and every day. And if you have one minute and you haven't already, please fill out our survey. A link is in your episode notes. We're keen for your feedback. Plus, you go in the draw to win a $500 Dan Murphy's voucher if you do. What a carrot. Stick with us. Lots more to come. 